why are ghost stories so depressing? Like, I mean, other than the whole dying part, why are they so grim? And then we take a look at the story of a plane that crashed along the shores of the Great Lakes. When rescue crews showed up ready to save the lives of anyone on board, they have no idea they're about to find themselves embroiled in a bizarre mystery. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garvener. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out in the world doing whatever you're doing. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command. Everyone get on your feet and give a big round of applause for the Internet Ghost. Woohoo! yeah, come on in. He's floating on in, no legs, looking like Casper. Come on in. Come on in, the Internet Ghost. You know, I keep making that joke about Casper not having any legs, and then I always remember he does have legs. He has little, little tiny boy legs. Well, the internet ghost legs or not, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. And the reason why is he bought me a book for my birthday off my Amazon wish list. It's in the show notes. He bought me the book, The Mammoth Book of Cover-Ups. I like these books that are just kind of like short entries on stuff. If you want to do your own research, you can. And it's cool. I was flipping through this book. There's a lot of boomer conspiracy theories in here, right? There's a lot of ones that I remember growing up with. Like, obviously, we have Area 51, Harp. That's not even around anymore. Harp's been torn down. Well, that's what they want. <laughs> that's what they want us to believe. And then there's stuff, again, that's great. There's stuff that I don't know about. One of them here I think we'll do on an upcoming episode is the Port Chicago Explosion. And it's funny, I almost covered it just because I thought it was kind of hilarious. I mean, a bunch of people died. It's not that funny. But the way they, <laughs> the way they died, apparently someone, it was this port... It was this port area where they were unloading all these munitions, and at one point a supervisor showed up and goes, uh, you guys do realize that those are a bunch of bombs. Quit banging them together. People were, like, tipping over carts of bombs. It's kind of like a Laurel and Hardy movie. If 500 people blew up at the ending, well, it turns out there's a conspiracy theory about that. I never heard it. I almost covered it as a true crime, just a weird incident type of story. But looking in the mammoth book of cover-ups, it turns out the conspiracy theory may be much more sinister than that. So I can't wait. We'll probably cover that on an upcoming episode. Very, very intriguing. Thank you very much, the Internet Ghost. If you guys can't support the Patreon or if you guys can't send me birthday books, that's totally fine. It really is. Just help spread the word about the show. That really... Really, really helps out a lot. The Internet Ghost, I hope your hands are corporeal because I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Fly us all the way out to Ontario, California. In Ontario, California, there's a place known as Bonview Park. And that's where we're going to be. We're walking around, sitting on a park bench, feeding pigeons, popcorn, and stuff like that. And they're, we, we keep, we're force-feeding them. They're like, oh, please, no more, no more. We're like, no, eat the popcorn, eat the popcorn. We have all these fat pigeons walking around. We're sitting on the park bench. The reason why is because we got to be here for a while. I don't know why we showed up at 2 in the afternoon. This story doesn't start until 10 p.m. So finally, the sun has set. The pigeons have waddled away. We're all just sitting on this park bench. And we're looking out into Bonview Park, and you'll notice, look over by that tree there. See that tree? See that tree right there? You're sitting there, and you're looking, and you go, 
What? What is that? And you hear a <laughs> It's not Michael Jackson. You go, what? Wait, <laughs> you're super scared you're trying to leave, but I fed you so much popcorn. I'm like, ah, ha, ha. Me and Michael Jackson have plans for you. <laughs> I love Michael Jackson. I don't even know why I make those jokes. I love Michael Jackson. Anyways, so we're sitting on this bench, and I go, see that? <laughs> and you notice, you see a little girl in the middle of the park. She's kind of poking her head out from behind the tree, and she's looking at you, giggling. And you go, what? The little girl shouldn't be here all alone like that girl... She doesn't look over the age of 10. And I go, she's not over the age of 8, to be specific. <laughs> and you notice now she's behind a different tree. The story goes as thus. If you go to Bonview Park after 10 p.m., you'll see a little girl. She's between the ages of 7 and 8, hiding behind the trees in the park. And as you get close to one tree and you look, she's not there. Now she's behind another tree. She's still giggling. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a little girl. And then you go to that tree and she's gone. And she'll be behind another tree staring at you from the darkness. You figure if you're going to be a ghost, you might as well be a ghost outside. Would be good, preferable, right? Because then like, you can like watch stuff. If you're like a ghost, we've covered ghosts. We had a ghost in a Burger King bathroom. We had a ghost in a Payless shoe store. It's like, there's bad places to be ghosts. And then there's good places to be ghosts. I think being outside would be pretty dope. And... We've covered hanging ghosts and hitchhiking ghosts. I mean, they're still, they're still outside, but th that's pretty miserable. At least she can run around the park and have fun. So let's put all that stuff in the good ghost category. But this story, I was reading through the Shadowlands, which is a big ghost story website, ghost repository of supposedly true ghostly events. We cover them a lot on this podcast. I was going through all of their stuff, and this story kind of stuck out to me, because one, you got a friendly ghost who's outside, she wants to play hide-and-go-seek with you, according to reports. But then, of course, we got to get to the, why is there a ghost here, who's this ghost girl, and stuff like that. And when we get to that, it really gets just kind of, it ups it to 11 as far as the terrifying thing. is you've been running around these trees trying to catch this girl, you're like, I'm going to find you, I'm going to find you, and I hear you kind of running through the darkness. This is cre This is so terrifying to me. It turns out that, if this ghost story is true, and we'll get into that as well, but this little girl, she's seven or eight years old, the story is, is that in the park she was raped and murdered. So now her ghost is trapped in this park, running from tree to tree, playing hide-and-go-seek. And that opens a whole box of craziness. And and really, I wanted to talk about this story because I wanted to talk about this issue in total. I read tons of these ghost stories. I read them in bulk pretty much at this point, right? And so many of them involve rape and murder as a combination. Which on a paranormal level, it makes sense, right? Because when we think about someone leaving a ghost behind the qualifications in general are unfinished business, a particular location that's known to trap the souls or at least trap the recordings of certain events. And the third one is a brutal death. Third one is a brutal death. Those are the things that we usually see when we see haunted areas. So obviously a rape and a murder would qualify as that third one. It would be, it's just a brutal way to go out. So we have that. We have the fact that... Th that possibly would result in a haunting, right? This type of brutal murder against a young girl, rape and murder against a young girl, right? 
On the other hand, because I wasn't able to find any proof that this particular crime happened in this area, I'm sure that it has. It's just the horrendous nature of humanity that something like this could happen. So I have no proof that a girl, that actually happened to a girl here. There's no news reports of it, but it's just such a weird phenomenon. And on the one hand, you could say a lot of these stories are made up. A lot of these ghost stories are made up. They're passed down generation to generation. They're urban legends. And of course, urban legends are always going to be super creepy. They're going to be the most exaggerated. It's just, it's depressing. It makes a lot of these stories even more depressing. I mean, you're already talking about a ghost girl, a little ghost girl, so that means the girl's dead, but then they throw in the rape and murder thing, and either somebody made it up and they made it up to be extra creepy, or it's real. Or it's real and this actually happened, and it's just such a... It's disturbing, you know what I mean? It's disturbing on a different level. And is she playing hide-and-go-seek? Like, that, when I was reading this, just like yesterday's episode, I was reading this in a bagel shop. Was she playing hide-and-go-seek? Like, is the ghost of the girl playing hide-and-go-seek, or is she trying to hide from her attacker? Because to be fair in this story, it never says she's giggling. I kind of added that because it's <laughs> an audio podcast but it just says she's playing hide and go seek she's hiding behind trees so is it that she's playing hide and go seek she wants someone to play with her or is this the last moments of her life as she was running through this park she was hiding behind trees trying to outwit this creep and if that's the case it just makes it even worse right because maybe people are like hey let's go play hide and go seek with this little ghost girl And they're making her relive those moments. Like, they're actually looking for her behind trees, and she's kind of... It's gross! Like, like, Jason, thanks for ruining my Tuesday. It's just such a creepy story. It's such a creepy story. Paranormal cannot exist without true crime. That's really just the way that it works. Or at least, like, ghosts. Obviously, aliens don't need a murder to come to Earth. But ghosts almost always need some sort of horrific crime to take place. Or maybe not necessarily a crime, but a horrific accident at the very least. Or a war or something like that. There's always some sort of human tragedy. When you come across story after story after story after story like this, it does really kind of wear you down, right? I mean, I finished my bagel, but it's just creepy. It's super... (laughs) And this was like probably the 30th or 40th one entry that I saw that included rape and murder. And not even really the only one that involved a kid. But the idea of her running through the darkness, quote-unquote, playing hide-and-go-seek, and we don't, is that what she was doing? Is she trying to have fun? Or is she reliving her last memory? It's just horrific, right? It's a creepy story. This is one of those stories that I hope is not true, right? This is like, I would not be disappointed if I went here to do a ghost investigation and there was no ghost. I would totally be fine with that. This would be a one where I'd be like, oh, that's it, guys. No ghosts. We are out here for the past two weeks. All the pigeons in Ontario are dead and there's no ghost here. I would have no problem finding out this story was fake. An urban legend doesn't exist totally. But there are a ton of them out there. As a paranormal researcher, it would make sense that such a tragic death would result in that right horrible horrible story though <laughs> i just feel guilty for sharing it with you well get ready for, for tomorrow's episode because that's kind of worse anyways the internet ghost you dodge a bullet because you're not on tomorrow's episode i'm going to toss you the keys of the carbonercopter. copter
We are leaving behind a very unsuccessful ghost hunt. There is no ghost at Bonview Park, thankfully. And tossing you keys of the carpenter copter, take us all the way out. Oh, this is interesting. I didn't plan it this way. Take us all the way out to Ontario, Canada. Specifically, we're headed to a town known as Marathon in Ontario. It's March 15th, 2017. It's 11.30 p.m. <laughs> On the shores of Lake Superior, a plane has just crashed. Out of the darkness and into the snowy landscape, a Cessna Skyhawk smashes into the ground. So rescue crews are immediately dispatched to go see, you know, what happened. They're super curious. They got nothing else going on. They're driving out there. Hopefully they can rescue anyone who was on board. And they get there, and of course they see this Cessna plane crashed into the ground, and they're running through the snow. They're firemen, maybe? I don't know. Maybe there's just a bunch of ambulance people? I don't know. Who comes to plane crashes? I'm assuming you'd have a couple firemen and then some medics. And then maybe a police officer say, stay back, stay back to, to, to everyone else. There's no one. It's a snowy night. They're like, ah, it's too cold to go out and check out that airplane crash. The rescue crews get there and they're like, oh, let's open that up and see if there's somebody in it. Because obviously there is, right? Obviously there is. A plane has just crashed. So they open the door up or maybe they just look in the window. But either way, there's no one in the plane. Okay, he must have gotten out, right? Whoever was in this plane crash must have got out and started running, or most likely walking or limping through the wilderness. You get a massive concussion, your plane's crashed. So they begin, because that, that'll happen, right? People have been flung out of cars and they just walked into the middle of fields and stuff. They start looking for this guy. The first thing they're thinking, let's follow the tracks, right? There's snow everywhere. We'll just follow his footprints. We'll find him. So the rescue crew starts looking around this plane. There's no footprints leading away from it. No tracks of any kind. It's not like a car got there before them or he just happened to have an ATV stashed in the woods and took off nothing. This plane had no pilot. And what they realize is that the autopilot was on and the plane was out of fuel. Firefighters and the medics went home. They're like, oh man, I thought it was going to save a life. They went home and the investigators showed up. And they're like, get out of the way, guys. It's our time to shine. And they start to look into what, what in the world happened. They were able to find out that this Cessna plane was rented from an airport in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the flight plan was set up that it was going to take off from Ann Arbor and it was going to land in Harbor Springs, which is about 348 miles south of where it actually landed, where <laughs> it actually crashed, right? They also were able to find out that the plane was rented by a man known as Zin Rong. Zin Rong. He was a 27-year-old doctoral candidate at the University of Michigan. But where is he? What's the plane doing here? He rented it that day. He got in the airplane at that airport, took off from Ann Arbor, 
the plane crashes maybe 350 miles off course, like over completely overshooting its target, flies over the Great Lakes, crashes. So where in the world is the pilot? Now, it's interesting. The articles almost immediately start saying he must have jumped out. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's obvious, but I, they're basically saying he must have committed suicide. That was really what the investigators were talking about right off. Like, this must have been a suicide. And to back that theory up, right, I, I've seen a lot of, like, faked deaths a lot of missing peoples. Generally, and I might just be a state-by-state state thing, but generally, it is 10 years before they can declare you legally dead. Might be state-by-state, state, but generally speaking, it's 10 years. And that's to, you know, make sure people aren't committing insurance fraud or having their debt wiped out and then being like, ha I'm back! For Zin Rong, he was legally declared dead in 2017. Wait, what do you mean? So that year, his plane takes off. It crashes. He's not in it. There's no proof that he's dead. There's no proof of his body anywhere in the wreckage, anywhere around the wreckage. And still, they declare him legally dead. And you started to see articles popping out, and they said, listen, could you... Because apparently the Cessna was flying fairly low. They go... Could you have parachuted out of this? Like, if you were the only one flying it, could you have jumped out of the plane with a parachute and successfully landed? And one of the articles is saying, yeah, that is possible. You can base jump from a fairly low altitude, let's say 1,500 feet. You would have to kind of know what you were doing, but you could do it. There is a chance that he got up on this airplane and then just parachuted out. Then the other question goes back to why? Why would he do that? Why would he just jump out of his plane? And remember, it's a rented plane, too. So it's not like even if he didn't want to base jump, he's going to have to pay for the plane that crashed. And then you also have the thought that, remember, this flight plan was only supposed to go from Ann Arbor to Harbor Springs. And he's not on it. It shoots past Harbor Springs and for about 350 miles. It's flying unmanned, totally off of its flight path. Just on autopilot, just in a straight line until it ran out of fuel. So any other plane could have gotten hit. It could have been a huge catastrophe. Why would he have done this? But they legally declare him dead in 2017. Which, although that's quite odd, in 2018, they find some bones. They find some bones in a field. The guy was putting his fence up. He found some bones out there. In Chapin Township, Michigan. Less than 100 miles from the Ann Arbor Airport. And I'm using, like, street miles. I didn't have, like, the nautical miles. I know there's a bunch of pilots pulling their hair out right now. But less than 100 miles from Ann Arbor's airport, they found his bones. So he jumped out. Almost immediately. Like, if you took a car, it would be about a half-hour drive from the airport to where his bones were found. So in a plane, what is that, 20 minutes? So he jumped out before it even hit Harbor Springs. It was flying for hundreds of miles over populated areas with no pilot. 
But when he when they found the bones in 2018, they didn't know who they belonged to. It actually wasn't until 2021 that due to DNA testing and dental records, they were finally able to confirm it was Zen Rong. But that's still weird. Again, I have to go back to that. They declared him legally dead in 2017. They didn't find his bones until 2018, but they didn't know they were his bones. They didn't know it until four years after he was legally declared dead. He was identified. It's such an interesting story. We have this young man who jumped out of this plane. And from the articles that I found, you didn't have a lot of pushback. You didn't have a lot of pushback from friends or family saying, oh, he would never do anything like that. He, he loved flying planes the whole way. We didn't see anything about the family coming out saying our, our son would never kill himself. We didn't see these articles. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm not saying that those statements weren't made, but I wasn't able to find that narrative in the articles I was reading. It was just, he wasn't in the plane when it crashed. So he must have jumped out. Case closed. You go, Jason, well, he did jump out. They found his bones. They found his bones in the middle of this field. I find that, let's put on our conspiracy caps here. I find it so odd that someone would rent a plane to kill themselves. I do find it particularly odd when people kill themselves outside of you know, a thousand enemy troops moving in on your position or, you know, you're dying of some horrific disease. I find suicide, you know, sad and incomprehensible sometimes, right? But, I mean, if you wanted to... I don't want to analyze this guy's possible suicide, right? But you figure there's a lot of ways to go. You rent a plane. Like, it just seems so um, dangerous to other people, right? This plane could have done a lot of damage. It seems weird, doesn't it? I just find it so weird how quickly this mystery was quote-unquote solved. Even though it was eventually solved, eventually they did find his bones. They wrapped it up so quickly. They just were like, well, he must have jumped out of the plane. Case closed. So we're going to declare him legally dead. We're not even going to look for him. That's what we think happened. Now, listen, there could be a suicide note that was never released through the media. I just thought of that. There could have been, that could have been why the... Family wasn't making any statements about it. That's possible, too. But what if, conspiracy cap fully on, what would make you jump out of a plane that you were the only pilot of and you didn't have a parachute? Aliens. <laughs> Are you really going to try to convince me this guy committed suicide? Well, no, I'm not saying he committed suicide. He's flying his plane. <laughs> Maybe he just got abducted. I don't know. Maybe he got abducted, and they abducted him right out of the plane. <laughs> You're like shutting off the podcast. You're like, nope, I'm done. You're taking off your conspiracy cap. You're like, I'll wear this some other time. Plane's flying. Guy gets abducted out of the plane. Plane continues to fly until it runs out of fuel. Okay? And then we've had this happen before, too. Aliens dropping people off in the wrong location. You're like, Jason, he's a pile of bones. He's a pile of He's a pile of bones. Did they drop him off 1,400 feet up in the air? I don't know. I don't, I, you don't have all the answers. But <laughs> I'm realizing how insensitive this is because it's possible. I didn't think, I honestly did not think of the fact that he might have had a suicide note. And that's why the family was never objecting to this 
And that's why they, I did totally did not even think about that. With this podcast, a lot of times I'm also thinking about what I'm saying as I'm saying it for the first time. And I was like, that would, that would make sense of why they would illegally declared him dead. I planned on doing this whole ending about aliens abducting him, which is still, which is still possible. Wouldn't that be nuts if you, if you're like, you know what, I'm done I'm ready to kill myself, and you tried hanging yourself, and then you were aboard an alien spacecraft. Like, you, right before you died, you get abducted. That'd be crazy. I <laughs> still so I can't work it into an ending of this show. But, yeah, I'm thinking now that he must have had a suicide note. That would explain why they would have declared him legally dead. And, and you know, to be honest, there is. There was a story that just happened earlier this year. This was to counterbalance my alien scenario. I was going to talk about aliens for a couple of minutes and say how that could have happened. And the government, this is what basically what I was going to say. The government, that's the reason why the government declared him legally dead so quickly. was because they knew he got abducted by aliens. And to cover up any investigation into his death, they actually declared him legally dead. So the media would stop kind of looking into it. And the family would be like, yeah, I guess it does make sense. And then his bones being found was him being brought back to Earth. Not as a pile of bones, but aliens have dropped people off in the wrong location. And it is possible they dropped him off 1,400 feet in the air. Or he died and they dropped his bones off. Okay, I mean, again, the theory didn't work 100%. That was the whole thing. The government declared him legally dead, but they knew he got abducted that night. And then as a counterbalance to that, I was going to talk about this. So I know this episode, the internet ghost is trying to figure out how to get his book back. Let me end with this to counterbalance an argument that I've already backed off myself. Again, this is so weird. This is so weird. We have the story of Zin Rong, who probably did, you know, jump out of a plane. This happened just this year, July 29th, 2022 in North Carolina. At the Raleigh-Durham International Airport. Two pilots are flying a plane. They've been doing skydiving runs all morning. The pilot in command, his name's been redacted from these reports. Maybe he's an alien. Maybe he's an alien. I don't know. Pilot in command is how he's listed. He was the pilot in command. His name has been redacted from all these 911 calls and FAA reports and stuff like that. He's flying with this other pilot, this guy named Charles Hugh Crooks. He's 23 years old. It's just a nice, sunny summer day in North Carolina. Charles is flying the plane, and they're landing at the airport. And what happens is they start to come in below the tree line. And they're coming in too low, so they have to pull up. And as the plane is pulling back up, one of their landing gear catches onto the runway and breaks. Breaks off. And so they fly up back into the sky... And at that point, the pilot in command goes, okay, here, I'm going to take over. And he radios into the control tower. He goes, hey, can you guys, we're going to fly around the airport. Can you guys give us a visual on how damaged our landing gear is? And at this point, there's people running out onto the runway. And they're, they are, like, looking at it with binoculars and stuff. And they go, yeah, yeah, it is damaged. Like, you actually did take some damage. We're seeing some debris on the field. So the pilot in command goes, okay. We're going to do an emergency landing. Be prepared for this. We're going to do emergency landing. So the plane is coming back around to land. And Charles, he's sitting in the... They're both sitting in the cockpit, right? Charles is sitting in the seat. He stands up. He takes off his headset and turns to the pilot in command and goes, I'm really, really, really sorry. 
pilot command is still flying this plane and Charles leaves the cockpit, walks to the back because it's a for skydiving, right? They have that little drawbridge thing in the back of the plane. He's walking to the back of the plane. He opens the plane up and jumps out. He didn't have a parachute on. <laughs> I said that part earlier. He didn't have a parachute on. He wasn't like, wee! Last one to the ground's a rotten egg. He jumped out of the plane. No parachute on. And the pilot's flying the plane. And he realizes what's going on. And he calls it in. He's like, uh, I think my co-pilot just jumped out. And they're like, what? 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 And he goes, yeah, I think my co-pilot just walked. He just left the plane. And the plane lands. They have all this stuff. They have the FAA communications. They have the calls to 911. And apparently school was just getting out. I was looking over some of the 911 transcripts. School was just getting out. So, like, you had police cars and fire department and medic crews looking for this guy. A couple hours later, they found him in a backyard of someone's house. Dead. He's dead. So the idea of someone jumping out of a plane to kill themselves, how, however odd it is, it happens. It does happen. It's just so weird. I mean, both of them are weird. <laughs> I'm not going to say on my weirdo-meter. Zen Rong is way more bizarre. It's still a, a bizarre story. It's creepy. And that's such a... Uh, okay, I'm going to start talking about aliens again. I'm going to start talking about aliens again. And that is probably not what happened. But the fact that this plane was just flying through the night sky, completely unmanned, could have done a lot of damage, right? And I don't know anything about Zen Rong... A lot of times, unless it's some sort of murder-suicide or some sort of, like, mass shooting, the suicide victims try to limit how much damage they do to others. I remember when my dad... We'll end it with this particularly depressing story. I remember my dad, he used to own a crematory. He called me up one night. It was not like, 8 or 9, right? This was probably, like, 10, 15 years ago. I'm sitting at home. My dad calls me up, and we start chatting and stuff like that, and he goes, um... Hey, I wanted to just tell you that I loved you. Stuff like that. And uh, he didn't actually say stuff like that. You know, he was, you know, telling me that. And then I could tell, like, it was weird that he would call me so late at night. So I figured it was something a little more than just wanting to chat. But he said that earlier that evening, he had gone to do a body pickup. And he said, um, I went into this apartment and he, this guy reminded me of you. This guy reminded me of you. He kind of looked like you, and he was a really nice guy. And he went on to explain what he meant by that, because obviously if my dad's there, the guy's dead. He didn't leave a personality test open on his laptop or anything. My dad says, I walked into this apartment, and there was this guy, and he looked like you. And he had shot himself in the head. But... He had put stuff behind him. He had built like a little buffer zone behind his head so the bullet wouldn't fly through his own skull and then possibly injure someone in another apartment. Like even in his last moments, he was thinking of other people. And my dad started crying. And I think that is fairly typical. Not that my dad's a big crybaby, but I do think that's fairly typical. A lot of times when people kill themselves, they're trying to end their own lives, not others. It's just, and so going back to the Zen Rong thing, like, who knows? Maybe he fell out of the plane. 
Maybe he left a detailed suicide note. Maybe he was abducted by aliens. <laughs> we don't know, but a bizarre mystery nonetheless. Or a tragic, answerable... What's the opposite of a mystery? A tragic truth. A bizarre mystery or a tragic truth. We'll never know. Actually, we will know when it's the tragic truth. Keep trying to make it all mysterious. Let's wrap this up. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. 